one of the things that leaders and achievers want to do is we want to be able to support and serve others, whether it's our employees, our coworkers, our kids, our family members. We want to be able to positively connect. But getting individuals to engage with us isn't always easy, and there's a reason for this. There is an art and science to engagement with actual rules to follow. There's one thing that precedes every effective interaction, and that is that we first have to be viewed as someone who others feel safe to engage with. If we said this differently, we need to be viewed as rewarding rather than risky to be engaged with. Today, we're talking about the challenge of getting people to engage, whether that's your team or your child. Maybe it's your customers or a contractor. But learning how to do this so that you can lead and influence more effectively. I'm going to show you what the most savvy managers and leaders know and do and how you can do it too so that you can really do more of what it is that you're here for. I've drilled it all down for you into a simple four-step SAFE acronym that I created. And when you follow this, the quality of your interactions will immediately increase and your influence will expand regardless of who it is you are engaging with. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. I was recently at an organization training a group of managers on the coaching leadership style. And we were discussing how to have effective coaching conversations with team members. This company understands that achieving the best version of their company happens only when employees are becoming better versions of themselves. And so this organization is building a culture that reflects that. And at one point in the training, I saw one of the managers in the room that had a smile on his face. And I said, Dan, what's so funny? And he said, well, it's not funny, but I just can't imagine some of my team wanting to have this conversation with me. And he was right. It occurred to me that much more needed to be said about the art and science of engagement. In essence, what happens before the conversation? After all, if the employee views talking to their manager as risky instead of rewarding, as Dan was suggesting they would, then the team member's not going to engage fully and you will not be able to serve no matter how talented you are. And that applies for all of us anytime we're seeking to serve or influence, whether we're in business or at home. We want to support, but if the individuals don't feel safe enough to engage with us, what we say does not matter. It has no consequence. We are ineffective immediately. The challenge is how do you get people to interact with you, whether that's your team or your kid or your boss or your customers, so that they engage rather than retreat. The question, specifically in a world with so much uncertainty and distrust, where everything appears like a threat, how are we supposed to engage those that we manage and serve? How do we not also appear dangerous, right? 
And one of the most important things to getting people to talk to you, which comes before any other, is establishing yourself as this person who is rewarding to talk to. Let me explain what I mean and why this is so important. First of all, it takes a bit of understanding of the brain and how the neuroscience behind this really works. Here's a fun fact. Five times a second at an unconscious level, your brain is scanning the environment around you and it's asking itself, is it safe here or is it dangerous? Again, that's five times a second your brain is scanning for danger or safety and it is evaluating it. And that's exactly what's happening anytime someone's talking to you. They are scanning to see if you are risky or rewarding. Are you safe or dangerous? And what we know is that when we don't feel safe, we operate from our least evolved part of our brain, the amygdala. You've surely heard of the amygdala hijack. We've talked about it here. And we're focused on simply surviving the interaction. The only decisions that are being considered in these moments when we're feeling unsafe is one, how do we avoid even more danger? And two, do I survive this by fighting or staying quiet or leaving the interaction? None of those three things are exactly helpful in order for you to have the quality conversation or communication that you want. Conversely, when your brain feels safe, it can operate at its highest level. You can navigate nuance. You can manage ambiguity. You can assume positive intention of others. And you can tap into wisdom, yours and others. And what I'm saying is that how we engage people matters and how do we let them know they are safe matters. So right now I'm going to show you how to communicate so people engage with you and so they don't just feel safe, but actually feel empowered by you. These are things I've done intuitively in my communication for years. I'll give you some examples of the exact verbiage also as I share these, but I've done this because I've had to have meaningful, forward, progressive conversations and interactions with individuals, oftentimes that they are personal and vulnerable in these deep areas of their life. They'll tell me things so personal that nobody else knows about them. And I also coach individuals who companies have assigned me to work with, and these situations definitely can add and easily can trigger the brain that danger is in the air. And so just like anybody else, I can't begin to be effective in my interactions and my engagements when this unconscious brain is identifying me as a threat. So what I've done for years without really actually recognizing it consciously is address every danger bell that the brain is sounding and answer every question the brain is unconsciously asking in the moments of engagement. And today, like right now, I'm going to share both those questions that the brain's asking and how you will proactively address them in your interactions. I put a system around it and created the acronym SAFE so that you can remember it a little bit more easily and then use it the next time you are beginning a conversation or managing someone, whether it's a tricky situation or whether it's a difficult conversation or not, it makes no difference. These things have to go on before you can proceed. Again, when your brain feels safe, it operates at its most sophisticated and intelligent level. And when you feel safe, you're engaged and you can progress forward. And that is your role to manage for other people as well as to do it for yourself so that you feel safe too. When the brain senses danger, there's a very different response. The other person's brain assumption is that you're against them and they are less able to 
get their prefrontal cortex to engage that conscious brain for their more advanced decision-making. So if people are not sure of their situation, they will always default to reading it as unsafe and start backing away. If they don't have that information, if these questions aren't addressed, the default is going to be to identify you as unsafe or a threat or dangerous. I see managers and spouses and parents miss this mark all of the time. They want to help and they think they are managing. But if as a leader, you're not talking to the brain in the way that brain works, you will diminish your interactions and effectiveness every single time. I sort of think of this, if I made an analogy, first of all, the brain I've always thought of is like, you know, the amygdala or the subconscious brain is like this barking dog. Think of it sort of like a chihuahua. It is always on guard. It's always like yapping and it needs to be addressed or spoken to. If you were to go to a person's home, maybe a client's, maybe it's even your own. And at the front door, when you arrive is the dog and the door opens and the dog is barking. You don't just walk by and ignore the dog. To do that would mean that you'd probably, well, it wouldn't stop barking the whole time probably if it's not calmed and attended to. You wouldn't be able to hear and they wouldn't be able to hear you, the other person on the other end of that interaction. So think of this like going into a home and the dog is there and you want to tend to the four questions that the barking dog has. So the first of the four questions that the subconscious brain has and is asking has to do with status. It has to do with the S in the word and acronym SAFE. If the subconscious brain sees itself as lower in stature or undervalued in a position of weakness or that it isn't as important, it's going to feel like a chihuahua. It is going to freeze or run from the interaction the first chance it gets, right? So the comment and the way to address the brain and this specific category of status, and am I important enough, am I valued here, is if you're engaged, for example, with a direct report, it might be you've been a great help with such and such. During our interaction here, I'd like to get your take on why. Show them that they're valued. Or you could just simply say the words, I want you to know you're extremely valued in this conversation, or you're of incredible value and your opinion matters to me. For example, if it's before providing feedback, you might say, consider this an interactive process. I'm going to provide feedback, but I see yours as equally important to me as well. Again, the dog and the brain is really neutralized. It is calmed there. I am valued is what it does to begin feeling safe. The direct idea here is that when the brain is concerned about a difference in status, you want to assure that we may have different rankings or titles or status, but we all bring value. And it can be as direct as saying that, you know, we value your relationship. We value your expertise here. Okay. That has everything to do with status. The next question the brain asks is, do I have a choice? And this is the A in SAFE, and it stands for autonomy, Okay, where S is status, A is autonomy. Am I being told or is there an option? Do I have a choice? No choice means and makes an individual feel like they're walled in, right? When we don't feel like we have options. 
I've never met a person who likes to have no choices. That will send the subconscious mind's buttons off. If you want or need a person to do something, ask for their ideas or suggestion on how to do it. Let them know that they have choice. As I begin any type of engagement, often I'll say, I'm going to ask you questions. You get to choose whether you take any of the observations I have or drop them. And immediately I have given the person autonomy. I've empowered them to let them know that they are part of this. They're not going to be ordered, directed, or forced into anything. S is status. A is autonomy. The F in safe stands for friend or foe. And this third question that the brain will ask is, are you on my side? Are you with me or are you against me? Are you my friend or are you my enemy? It's an easy statement as a manager to remind a person of the collective vision or the team goal. Remind them that we are all on the same team or what I want for you is to feel supported and have what you need to achieve your best. Make it clear that you are all on the same team, that we are all friends rather than enemies. And that has to be clear. I mean, use we and us language instead of you. It's not you're working on this. It's we're working on getting you to this. The first time I ever engage anyone, I might say something like, know that when I am working with you, I become your number one fan. I am part of your team. I make it clear that I'm their friend right from the get-go. I make give them evidence of this really early on to assuage any of their fears so that I am not seen as risky, but that I'm rewarding to talk to. And that's pretty clear that I'm your friend and I will make it known that they can feel safe with me. The fourth question to address in this acronym of SAFE has to do with expectation and what's the future? Remember, the future is uncertain and that is considered dangerous to the brain. So the clearer you are about what to expect in the meeting or in the engagement or the process and what that looks like, the better, the more you can alleviate any ideas that this is an unsafe experience. Clarity is not only kind, clarity helps make an individual feel that they are an okay place to proceed. So be clear about what's going to happen so that they know what to expect. Statements like, today we are going to, or what this is going to look like is, or what I need from you specifically is this, or your role in this will look like. Those are all types of prompts for you to complete, to fill in, to immediately, these are just bam, bam, bam. As soon as you begin an engagement, you're addressing these. That kind of clarity, it keeps the brain from ruminating and making up that danger is lurking. Like I said, if people are uncertain, the brain goes to the default that it isn't safe. These four parts to the SAFE acronym, they don't have to be addressed in a specific order. You'll adjust what you say based on the kind of engagement that you're having. What I'm saying is you don't have to go in trying to tactically help a person with their problem or offer whatever your superpower, your gift, or your talent, or your service is without letting them know that you are first a rewarding person to talk to, that they can feel comfortable being with you, that they can feel safe. That's what happens before engagement. So if we, again, continued that dog analogy, you wouldn't go in and not stroke the dog and not answer these four questions if you want to actually have a good conversation. I'm going to give you the example of using the SAFE acronym with a child. 
Maybe your kid doesn't want to share or go too far in a conversation. If this was my daughter, I might start a conversation with, we can go through using the SAFE acronym. I admire the way you are navigating the different areas of your school and life right now. I can't imagine I could have done that better. And that way I'm addressing the status. I'm making her equal. I'm showing her she has value to me and how she handles things. I don't make me better than her. I address us as equals. Immediately that addresses number one thing that's going on in her brain. The A, the autonomy. I might say something like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You have choices. And I know that you are going to be able to access the answer. I'll support you and help you in that. But I give options and autonomy so someone doesn't feel boxed in. The third is friend or foe. I'll make sure that she knows that I'm on her side. Remember, I'm on your side. I love you. Put a check next to addressing friend versus foe right out of the game. If I'm talking to her and depending on what the conversation has to do with, I try to talk about expectations with the future. I might say something like, I'm going to be transparent with you and I'm going to ask that you be transparent with me. It could be as specific as I will do this and I expect this to happen here. We can't know the future, but we can sort of set up some safety in the next 10 minutes of the conversation or within the next day, having a little bit of clarity and guidance on a, even if it's the intentions for the future, that's helpful. What happens when you do this? The quality of your engagements will go up. You will be able to sell better. You will positively meet other goals better because we don't really ever accomplish our mission without being able to influence other people. Am I right? We're all in the business of others and of the business of people where that's really what we're the business of because they are our gate to helping us fulfill whatever it is that we want to create. Nobody does anything alone. Your ability to engage and right out of the gate is very important. These are the ground rules of engagement. So create safety. Obviously, your words have to be consistent with your sentiment. They can't be inauthentic. It goes without saying that you can't tell a person to feel safe and then behave inconsistent with that or break confidences, for example. If you're going to create a ground of safety, you need to show up to it and meet it. It's not just about giving lip service to it. And ultimately, when you see performance that's not at the level that you want or you see behavior that's unbecoming, it's at a base level that individuals don't feel safe and they're not operating from their most evolved level of decision-making. The way that you can help change that is to talk to their brain in the way their brain can hear. And you may just be amazed at the increased quality of your interactions and your impact when you do this. So your call to action this week when you engage with someone, remember to make them feel that they are valued and equal to you, that they have the autonomy to make certain choices, that you are for them, you are their friend, you are on their team, and clearly paint a picture, even if it's, like I said, the next 15 minutes. Then enjoy the rewarding connection that you will have. I believe that we are all in desperate need at this time for more authentic and caring quality connection. This is certainly a very baseline and beautiful way to begin to support others in a world where there's so many that are on a daily level panicking or feeling unsafe. Peace to you. Have a delightful week. And I will see you back here on our next Playing Full Out podcast. Thank you for being with me today. 
by you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.